here, Profiler Faithful. It's Matty Keeboom. Welcome to another episode of The Game Plan. First and foremost, subscribe to the Player Profiler YouTube channel if you haven't already done so. And please take un momento to absolutely destroy the like button on this video. And if you're there want to drop a comment, feel free to help your boy out with that YT algo. But ladies and gents, today's show is going to be absolutely epic because I am joined not by one legend in this industry, but two legends. So it will be legendary. We are talking high stakes fantasy football. So ladies and gents, gang, get your pens and your pads, maybe even your wallets, and let's start game planning to dominate in high stakes contests. So, planners, I have been super excited for this show ever since we locked it in. They are both extremely well-respected in the high-stakes world. You can find these guys on a number of shows here on the Player Profiler Network. I am joined by not one, but two members of the GOAT District, including the mother effing founder, JD and the OG, Theo. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, Maddie? Happy to be back in the game plan, man. Yeah, baby. Very excited to have you back on. JD, welcome for the first time. Yeah, I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped. Thanks for having me, man. This is fun. This is fun. I like these morning shows, too. They're, uh, I know. We got a little special a little time alert. slot today. I appreciate that, Maddie. I'm uh, I'm on a little little family family reunion vacay. So this is not my this is not where I live, everyone. This is just a hotel room. <laughs> it's okay because I, I got a wedding to go to tonight when my buddies get married. So, you know, I didn't need to move it up, but you know, when the OG says, Hey guys, can you do a little early? We could accommodate here in the game plan, baby. Maddie Keewimer, are you gonna do any trades while at a wedding? Are you gonna be on the cell phone dropping trades? Because I know you like doing that when you're at like a barbecue. You like you like getting a little loose, having a couple of cocktails and throwing out trade offers. When the when the liquor is a flowing, the trade offers are equally as a flowing. So yes, I will be absolutely doing that. And I have this weird dream that all of a sudden people be like, "Hey, do you have any?" They like they have me. They're going to ask me fantasy football questions. They won't happen. They're just guys I've known since high school, so they don't. They don't. They're not going to care. But it's a dream of mine. But JD, thanks for coming to the show, man. We're going to talk high stakes today. So uh, I, I asked this 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 question to Theo when he first came on the game plan. So I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. It's a sneak attack, double up question. Theo already knows it, so I'm not gonna go to him. But I am gonna bring it to you. So how long have you been playing fantasy football? And then oh, wow. part B to that, how long you've been playing high stakes? And then part two of that question, what would be your fantasy management style? Yeah, fantasy football uh, started. Like, man, I'm old, dude. Like a couple decades ago, <laughs> like a couple decades ago, back in the free Yahoo uh, online days, uh, yeah. you know, when, when fantasy online was just kind of coming up and becoming a thing. And then uh, slowly got into, uh, I think it was called like Masters Fantasy or something was was like the high stakes. The only one I knew at the time online. Uh, I was explaining this the other day up here in Canada, fantasy football back in the day wasn't exactly like, you know, the topic of du jour, I guess you say at the at the water machine you know in the office and stuff <laughs> or at school it's it's all hockey up here back back then and when i grew up so i, I was kind of on my own in the the fantasy football streets found ffpc started playing there back in the day was the football guys tournament had some success with that early um especially my first couple of years and then uh, from there just been building a bankroll and building my my army of teams on the ffpc Oh, I mean that I've heard of fantasy football being broke down in in good ways, but never intimidating ways. My <laughs> army of fantasy teams. Oh, so does that does that kind of foreshadow how you run these teams? Are you very militant? Yeah, or is that just no? I think I think similar to you know Theo and and just how we do it in the the district. I mean, we're win now, guys. We we play these high stakes high stake teams not to collect. You know. I know Theo in, in certain cases loves the one-on-one, especially when it's Bijan, but we're not there to collect draft picks. Uh, I think we're there to, to win titles and, and that's how we play. Dan and I do the owner's lounge on the GOAT district channel and, and we co-own some high stakes teams together. And we're in the top three every year, uh, except for our pros versus Joe's, which is a little smaller by it. But um, yeah, we, I play aggressively. I play to win now and I don't mind losing a trade if I'm going after a player. And, and I think that player is important to, for me to win. Yeah, JD, we talked about JD, that. Like, um, I was no, saying JD and Dan, um, like we, so we're we're year round with the FFPC because JD, Dan, and I are, are like high, high volume dynasty managers as well. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like cycles for us in the Goat District. 
Um, it's it's really a lifestyle, Maddie, because it's your dynasty themes <laughs> which never go away. Mm-hmm. And yep. then JD and I, JD and I are, are competing against each other in a best ball draft uh, with some, you know, I'd say probably ten other very well known FFPC high stakes players and a few analysts as well. Um, we do a draft right after the Super Bowl, sometimes right before okay. the Super Bowl. So it's usually like one of the first best balls. We go 28 sicko rounds, not this slim stuff that you young kids are playing <laughs> these days. Um, and then it turns to dynasty and then it turns to redraft. And I'd say like it's a cycle and some people like playing one particular style. Mm-hmm. You know, we have friends that, that are very big best ball guys. They'll max stuff out. They'll do underdog, they'll do FFPC. We know guys that really just like doing the dynasty side. And then we have guys that just do the redraft. They don't do dynasty at all. But I think that's the difference in the GOAT district is we're very good at all three. And we don't need to talk it up. You know, like I've won a lot in high stakes in terms of money. And also JD, Dan, and I, we took down the pros versus Joes, which is something run every year in the FFPC Mm -hmm. um, where they have the, you know, all these fantastic analysts. And we finished number one last year. The GOAT district uh, took it down. So well, Maddie, so what got- you're saying is I'm in good and, hands. And, and Theo, don't forget to mention, I've got two of those hardway titles right now. Dan and yes. I have the dynasty and I won the, the best ball one. So I, I've got some titles, so, some rings. So the, hard way, the hard way is there's there's a, a $350 tournament um, called the Players' Championship. Mm-hmm. And it ch- used to be the football guys. Now it's Fantasy Pros, our friends at Fantasy Pros. Um, but that one, we do a draft every year. And then we also have a 12-team dynasty league which um, has a B-bag Batoba from 1st and 15. It has Dan Williamson and JD split a team. I have a team, uh, Austin Martin, who's probably the most well-known high-stakes mm-hmm. dynasty player um, in the country. And he also wrote an article in Player Profiler for our expert series. Um, and just a number, Todd Burroughs, who's one of the best best ball players um, around. Uh, he does some stuff uh, right now. for It's sharp football, right, JD? That's where he's doing his podcast now. Anyway, very, very sharp um, best ball guy. So we have that dynasty one, uh, and then we do the 28-round the best ball. So like the hard way is like a little segment of mm-hmm. the FFPC with um, just a number of high-volume people that are like to get after it, like to like to put some, some, uh, some skin in the game, Maddie. We like yes, <clears throat> I'm not. Shout out to the IRS. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's why we like those. That's why we like those uh, those credits. You know those, those buy-ins into the big credits. The IRS, right? <laughs> no, and whatever no, the are, Canadian are, version is. Uh, this is this is my show, boys. This is my IP address, I think. So I don't want my uh, <laughs> I don't want to get raided and audited surprisingly because someone wants to talk smack on the IRS. But anyway, we are very come at Maddie Kiwu, my IRS. <laughs> that is a good thing. I have a stage name for this. this is why I do a stage name so I can threaten the IRS. Apparently, I didn't know that's what it was, but that is what it is. But I got guys. I don't really play a whole lot of high stakes. Um, thinking about getting into it because I do love fantasy and I'm getting more and more into all the different kind of uh, platforms and the way people play. So I'm super excited to have you on. We are going to dive right on into high stakes fantasy football right after we hear from the Podfather. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. And one of our key missions is to make as much statistics and information and deep analysis available on playerprofiler.com for free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible. If you can't do All In, that's okay. We have a draft kit. We can just subscribe to the player rankings. Those now include tight end premium FFPC ranks, our brand new data analysis package, blow your hair back and of course there's our dynasty deluxe and our dfs dominator take a moment check out our premium services to ensure that all of our stats information data content is available to you especially you the people that get the site and get the show yeah make sure you dive into that all in package get all of the everything that player profile comes out with we just got the world famous draft kit hitting the streets hitting live and ooh, i am joined by the maestro of the draft kit the world famous draft kit deals. Everything you did, you absolutely killed it. Busted your ass, grinded it out. Thank you for that. Number of great cameos. Already dropping today. Very, very excited. I appreciate. I appreciate that. There's, uh, you know, and I'll say both of you guys really helped me out on that one. Um, JD did a great video. Dan Williamson of the Goat District did a great video. 
Uh, Maddie, you did a number of them. It's a team effort, but I think we we really did crush it. And I'm glad that it's that people are getting a chance to experience it. And more's coming. I know that I'm dropping my top 300. Dario's dropping a top 300. We already have our top 300 up on the site. Billy Muzio's Chad doing a couple little changes with it. So you're going to have access to cheat sheets. Um, you have access to just so much with the draft kit. It's almost mm-hmm. like you could spend hours on it. So it's probably the best $45 you're ever going to spend uh, on anything to help your fantasy football teams this year. Yeah, hundred percent. And Theo, Theo made sure the the best minds in fantasy are are in this kit. So if you don't, if you're not already part of it, you're not already part of the all in package. Right now is the time to do it. And what's that code deal? That that well, there's a there's Maddie, a code that works. Maddie. It's there's a code. This is heard, this is my show. Boys. That's why that's why I didn't put one out there. I'm Max Mute, I'm mute, Theo. <laughs> this is my show. That is promo code Maddie. <laughs> I started a code war. <laughs> I heard what, Theo it, works better. Maddie's Maddie sometimes doesn't always enter. It's but but Theo, is it one H? Is it two E's? It's hard to remember. M A T T Y could be an accent, right, JD? You can put an accent over the O. Could it's, be not, a it's, not, it's not often a Canadian starts a war. <laughs> That's it. The peaceful Canadians. Yeah. Well, luckily Theo's in your backyard. So if you're gonna if you te- if you piss him off, he's gonna yeah. be able to go find you. Yeah, we That's gotta it. hook that up. We gotta That's hook it. that up. Yeah, well, we don't need a war zone here, but if you are uh, in the mood for something with a war zone, Dynasty War Zone, new show on here, play a profiler. Memphis Young absolutely destroys. He's such a good mind in the Dynasty space, and the Dynasty War Zone's a great show. His last show that he did this past week, him and Jerry Sinclair, win now Dynasty targets. But we're not talking Dynasty here, but if you have a little bit of Dynasty itch that you need to scratch, go over to play a profiler's YouTube page. Find the latest episode of the Dynasty Warzone with Memphis and Jerry and learn about you know some win now dynasty targets. But boys, we're talking high stakes here. And now we've we've, 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 the guest host on on Dynasty Warzone this week, right, Maddie? uh, Yes, sir. I will be guest hosting in. Well, I I, there's no way I can fill in for for Memphis, but I can I can sit in, I can try, I can say some words and let Jerry hopefully carry the show. Definitely That's friends in the GOAT District, Memphis and Jerry, yeah, um, you know, have come on the GOAT District so many times. JD's probably done more podcasts with Memphis than pretty much anybody besides well, me and Dan, right? When, when we initially started, I saw Harry Snowman asking about some of the oranges, but we we literally started doing this podcast. If, if anyone knows Nate Pilmer, who's in the GOAT Leagues, he's like the most active. He's now basically the, you know, the, he's supposed to be the co-commissioner, but he's basically commissioning those leagues right now just because we get so busy, but him and I literally started in our basements trying to figure out how to do this podcast thing uh, back in the day, seven years ago. And Memphis was the first guy that joined us. And he was like the third, nice. the third you know, goat district member at the time. And, and he did it for a while with us. And then the dynasty war zone opportunity came up that he was like kind of part of, and, and he took ownership of it. And then, you know, the rest is history, but yeah, Memphis, one of the OGs, man, uh, the goat yes, district. Yes. Well, he, he had Nate on uh, the latest episode of kiss the ring, which is a commissioner, you know, you specific go. show here on the network. So yeah, if you want to get checked out, those guys chop it up about being commish for fantasy football, check that out. How did you guys start the goat district name? How'd that come about? Honestly, I just when I started playing, especially high stakes, like I just wanted a consistent name for my teams. Like that's how it initially started. My buddies used to call me Goat, like my really close friends. You know, I was I had this like uh, Muhammad Ali zip up thing that I always wore, and it you know the original Goat. And no, I lived on of all time, I'm sure, right, right, Theo. I, and I lived on District Avenue, and I literally just started calling my teams Goat District, and it just started branding it, and you know, just kind of it, it kind of organically evolved, to be honest. And it's with the help it's of the best logo like, in fantasy, and it's with the help of guys like Theo, Dan, and you know, Memphis and, and Nate. That you know, you can't do this stuff alone, as you guys all know. So it's it's an awesome teamwork, and right now we got a cool little cool little team uh, together to, to pump some high stakes content for you guys. Yeah, well, we were talking high stakes here today. We're about to dive into it, but before we do, JD, why don't you go ahead and send me one of those hats? Those things are fresh, my <laughs> So I don't I need even a know. District snapback right now, my friend. I don't even know if that. Do you guys know if that site is still running? The um, man, what was it again? Where all the the fantasy merch was on? I thought they shut it down. Oh, it was like a I third. Shut it down. I thought they shut it down. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah so that it's honestly, this is this is going in the the museum, Maddie. It's like a one of a kind. Theo, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take him out of the, of the shot here, and I'm gonna tell you some little, little plan. You're gonna sneak into his house after you guys have coffee. You're gonna go ahead and grab that hat, and you're gonna t- <laughs> let me put it in. A, I mean, shoot, Maybe I forgot you gotta to, get I to take him out. Made, get some snapbacks made for Vegas, and yeah, we'll bring them back to, to Maddie Keyword. Oh yes, sir. If anyone, yes, if anyone sir. has a good supplier uh, hookup, let us know. <laughs> 
So the first question, because like I said, I, I I'm a complete noob when it comes to high stakes. I haven't even paid more than probably a hundred bucks for a given league. So my first question is very simple for you, either one of you. Actually, I'll, I'll send it to the OG to get it started. What makes a league high stakes? Is there a certain monetary threshold that it has to pass? Is it a super, uh, you know, a grouping of certain kind of players? What makes a league high stakes? I think to qu- qualify for high stakes, it's usually a collected prize at the end. Um, there's there's certain different levels here, but the general consensus I'd say is the three fifties. The three fifties, oh, yes. you start getting into the high stakes range when you talk about FFPC or NFFC or FFWC. They all have a $350 contest, usually because these big sites like selling you a three pack for a thousand bucks. So that's kind of like that. That's kind of the the reason they have the 350 price point. But basically, when you play in a 350, it's a 12 team league, and then there's a a pass through. So when you get to the playoffs, um, you know, multiple teams qualify from any given league, and then they compete with the other teams that have qualified in the top, you know, two, and then there's a a playoff. FFPC is a little different with how they do it, but I would say the three fifties and then up there's, you know, an FFPC, you can, you can play for, you know, five figures. Uh, You can also play for like, I'll do a varsity every year Mm -hmm. in the FFPC. That's a $3,000 one. And that's a 12, that's a 12 teamer. And then their big contest is the FFPC main event. The FFPC main event. um, I'll have a, a few teams in the FFPC main event. JD and I will share one this year. And it's that one depending on how many you buy, it's somewhere between like 1600 and 2000. So I'd say 350 is your 350 is like your cutoff for high stakes, but I do feel like JD, you can agree with me or not on this. The, the 125 best ball tournament is also a high stakes um, motivator. Yeah. So, and that's kind of where I I think you probably described it, uh, you know, textbook, what the definition is. If you ask most high high stakes guys, I I think it's all relative personally. I think it's relative to your bankroll. Like one guy might think, Maddie, you might think 150 is high stakes, right? And like you said, Theo, depending on no, the format, dude, I'm balling, dude. I'm freaking nah. I'm balling. Dude. <laughs> you don't see Maddie's change, AD? I, I, I just mean, I know I'm you got a slick dude. hair yeah, haircut. You know, the beard is looking pretty slick. So yeah, I know you got some cash rolling. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, I know you broke, bitch. Sit down and listen I, to the I'm big boys. I'm just using speech. an example, but but I think it depends on the individual, right? What their bankroll yeah. is. I think the bankroll is what's important. What percentage of your bankroll you're putting in? You know, some guys might rather have like twenty, thirty-five dollar buy-ins versus you know two, three fifty buy-ins or something like that. So it really really depends on a the format yes theo you talked about the 125 buy-in uh tournament on the ffpc that to me is considered high stakes when you're when yep. you're throwing even a 77 dollar uh best ball to me is is high stakes like that's you're you anything over 35 bucks i think is, is probably considered high stakes so the 125 is probably a good starting point I, I i think when you're looking at best ball dynasty for me because the ffpc does the pros versus joes and the buy-in for that is 250 i believe I think that's probably like where it starts. Um, if you look like, you know, I guess outside of the FFPC world, people could define like a more casual league, you know, like you're talking about Maddie, like maybe under a hundred or under 50 mm-hmm. and then maybe between 50 and 200 or 250, that's probably like your more mid stakes and then high stakes is above that. But I think Theo, you know, the, 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 um, the million dollar prize, uh, with the FFPC, that's like the, you know, the, the, um, what do you call that? Like the, Wow. The goal at the end, but they're they, like, I, the I standard, like, like the gold standard type the of gold, thing yeah. for your high stakes yeah. tournament. Yeah. yeah and, and, like just for me, it's, and again, I agree with JD, like, you know, don't play, you don't want to play a high stakes to a detriment of, of your own capabilities money wise. And everybody has different amount of money they want to put into fantasy football. There's some super sharp guys that are playing low stakes and some super sharp guys playing high stakes. But at the end of the day, Every single one of these companies has a $350 contest for a reason. Like that's NFFC has done a 250 this year. And then I'll say just to kind of quantify what JD talked about when it comes to the dynasty streets and FFPC, they also make you pay for the half of half of the following year. So when you do, or it's, and it doesn't math doesn't work like that. So it's like if JD does a $250 dynasty league and he starts, does a startup, He's putting down four hundred dollars because he's yeah. having to put in one hundred fifty dollars um, for a down payment. That's how they have no dynasty leagues disappear. Is you make people put up money for the following year. So I think that's actually a good rule for even home league. And dynasty. and if you trade your and if you trade, I know this is later in the show, Maddie, but like we said, it's probably going to go off rails. And if you trade your first away, like your future first, 
you have to pay half of the buy-in for the for that season. So if I'm yeah. if I'm that making, makes sense. Yeah, that's like, that seems pretty standard for, now. So yeah. just two different things. Most of my leagues are like that now with uh, with our dynasty leagues. We and because it's not high stakes, we it's it's you just pay your buy-in. But yeah. yeah, I can imagine with the higher stakes, you know, asking someone to pony up a, an extra Geno to uh, make a trade, you're not going to see as many trades of following round picks. Yeah, no it, becomes part, of the, it becomes part of the strategy. It becomes, sure. right, right. And you have to be, you know, you're. it's also a way of keeping things all together. Like you always hear mm-hmm. these horror stories of people joining the Dynasty League and, they're, and they, they punt the first year and then they just lose their money and these yep. leagues fall apart. I've seen it happen yep. a million times. But it doesn't happen in FFPC. Yeah, because you know the the theory behind it, right, is that if you can't if you orphan the team, the, the getting an owner to take a crap bag team with no assets is easy if it's free. Yeah. Where it's not so easy if it's like, hey, by the way, you want to play? You have no first round picks. You have no really startable quarterbacks and super legs. Uh, it completely sucks, dumpster fire. But you got to pay me a thousand dollars to play. So and, I, and, I get that theory. And Theo, let's not mention. Let's let's not forget to mention for the Dgens. You know, like yourselves, and you know, there, there's even a market now for these dynasty teams on the FFPC. Our buddies at the Dynasty Depot, we're actually all in a 500 Dino League with them that they hosted, but they have a site where you can go buy and sell your FFPC Dino teams on there. So Theo, oh, I know Theo's, Theo's probably the most yeah. active guy I know on that site. And and look at look at the smirk on his I've face. Rescued, I've 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 paid up for a few teams and made some money back, JD. I've had like uh. Yeah. So that, I'll say this, like the FFPC itself does a great job of selling the orphans. You can find some orphans like for, for cheap. I, yeah. I think they're all sold out now, JD, but I imagine they'll probably stick a couple on um, during the summer, but they, they fill it out, Maddie. So if you're, if you're a sharp dynasty player and you don't want to pay that, that full nut up front, mm-hmm. you can shop around and purchase some of these teams cheaper. I've had a couple of teams where I bought them cheap and, and won, you know, yeah. so you might, you know, multiply your money big time and then also jd i've had a couple of teams where i buy them you don't even need to play around a couple bit i flip it around a little bit and then maddie i 4x i don't have to win the league i just sell for four times as much this is something that we're we're gonna let's put a pin in this because we're gonna get back to this because this is something i've never heard about but this is something that i can lose my life (laughs) dedicating it to so we're going to get back to this, but you guys mentioned bankroll. So for fe- people listening, and our chat's going crazy right now, so shout out to Jim, Tyler, Robert, my man Rob, Jose, Joanna, all you guys in the chat. So shout out to you guys checking us out. Uh, my, my question is, if anyone wants to get in the high stakes, should they have a particular bankroll set up? Like, should they have a, a certain monetary amount before they dive into these high stake leagues? Let's say, you know, two times a buy-in, three times a buy-in. What is your recommended bankroll for someone just getting into it? Well, so I, I get this question a lot. So I, before I made my, you know, kind of did as much FFPC, I was strictly NFFC. And I'll say this, a lot of people jump right in and go, they want to play in the main event right away. Mm-hmm. You get right. to Vegas and Dan and I or JD and I, or I'll just sit down alone and you meet a couple people and it's kind of like the poker table where you sit down and you, you meet somebody who maybe doesn't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to be dead money and put $2,000 down just to have the time of your life. Like go down and play blackjack in Vegas. You'll have a better time doing that. But I will say, Maddie, if you want to play in the high stakes, your entry point right now, this is not just because of our code, but there is a $35 Superflex tournament, best ball in the FFPC. We're going to talk about the scoring and everything later, but to understand your ADP in other leagues is different than the FFPC. The mm-hmm. way positions are valued is different in the FFPC. You don't want to learn that lesson with $2,000, $1,500 on the line. You want to learn yeah. that lesson in a $35 best ball. If you use the code underworld, you get $25 off. So you're doing a $10 tutorial where you might win some cash. And I've said to other people in all these formats, I think before you do a main event, you don't need to be in a rush for this. Even mm-hmm. if you've won your home league a bunch of times, this is different. You have it's people who you're playing game. against who do this for a living. There's guys who do this for a living. Like they right. grind. They grind fantasy and they make their money doing this. And maybe they, they do some sports betting on the side. It's, it's exactly like poker, Matty. You, yeah. you, you said it. Like you don't play above your means. Don't go in. It, it, and like the stock market, right? It's all similar. Yeah. They all kind of have parallels. Yeah. You go in There's with- a reason why you hear these similar terms out when it comes to poker and fantasy. You know, yeah. but profits and ye- all this stuff that you hear, diversifying, all these things that kind of have these through lines through the three aspects. So that makes yeah. sense that they're kind of related. And doing a 350, though. Like the 350s, 
you're still playing for a massive amount of money at the end. There's just more mm -hmm. entries than the main event. So people talk about the main event, but if I was a newcomer and I had never done any FFPC, I would rather do a few 350s than jump in and just do one single main event. Mm -hmm. um, you'll learn just as many lessons on how to play. You'll still compete against some of the best players in the 350s. Um, most of the guys who are doing main events are still doing 350s, and you have considerably less skin in the game. And then if you do well in the 350s, sure, you can next summer do a, do a main event. But I, I just remember when I first started NFFC way, way, way back, and I did the high, high stakes my first year, thinking it was just going to go great. And I did not have a great first year. I had a really, really good second year, but I could have gotten the same lesson my first year um, by playing 350s instead of diving into the NFFC primetime. Um, and then year two and year three, I made money. I, but it's, it's Look, difficult to just jump in. You're, you're, not, you're not walking into a casino playing 10-10, no limit, if you've never played a cash right. game. In Perfect analogy, J.D. So that's one thing. Second of all, you need to manage it like a bankroll. If you're just playing big tournaments and you're not playing cash games, 12-man leagues, it's same with best ball. Your best ball, uh, your best ball bankroll, you got to treat it the same way. If you're only playing the 125 buy-in tournament for 200 Gs, you're going to lose that bankroll really quickly. That what Theo's talking about, you play those 350s and you win yourself into the main event. You you yeah. you win yourself up a level. Every year you try to move up a level with your winnings. The way the FFPC have it, when you win a league, you have options. You can take cash at a lower value. You can take entries into tournaments or you could take a combination of both. Mm. So depending on how, you know, depending on you and how you want to manage your bankroll, you have options. The smartest way we talked about the tax guy is take those entries into the bigger buy-ins and keep escalating up. And that's what your goal is when you start. So you don't start outside of your means. You start with money that you can handle losing. It's like the stock market. If it's yeah. 500 bucks, if it's 5,000 bucks, whatever it is you are comfortable putting, that you don't go outside of that. The other thing, Theo, that we, don't, we haven't talked about yet, and especially FFPC, you got waivers twice a week. Those are no joke. When you have 10 plus teams, 20 teams, 50 teams... Guys go nuts during the offseason when they first get in these, these draft rooms and they're like mm -hmm. loving the drafts and, oh, I'm going to draft another one, another one. Then the season comes and you look at these guys and they look like they age 50 years because they're every Wednesday night going through all these rosters, checking out. Some guys can do it. Some guys do this full time. Like there's guys right. that put in six digits every year into fantasy football and they have the time to put into it. If you have a full time job, kids, don't go in your first year and buy 20, 30 teams that you're going to have to manage. Okay. Best ball is different. I'm talking <clears throat> redraft and dynasty. Yeah, the right. waivers is waivers is is a way of life. Like I don't record on Wednesdays, Maddie, because, because of this. Wednesdays are hell on earth. No matter what, you could put in a night like it's the downside of of having high volume teams. And shout out one question in the in the chat was Zhu Yang um, was saying, "Is it redraft? This is for dynasty as well. the The waivers are run the same time in FFPC. It's a Wednesday night." And then they close actually Sunday mornings now. They was a pre-COVID, it was a Saturday thing, but it's a nice rule change. You have a second run of waivers. Um, they're they're time consuming. And there's like this time in the summer, everybody will say, you know, what's the best way to build a team? Some guy will say, you know, hero RB, some guy will say zero RB, some guy will say, you know, go double tight end. Like that, there's no answer for that. The answer for that is draft, draft good players in any strategy works. Of but the only altruistic thing in fantasy football is that there's not a single person that's made a shitload of money in this game that's a high-stakes shark that doesn't grind his ass off or her ass off in waivers. Every single person that's a successful fantasy football player, and this even goes to the home leagues. Your home league, usually the people you see in the playoffs year in, year out, are the people who are doing very well on waivers, understanding mm -hmm. they need to put time in. It's an altruistic thing in fantasy football. Only take on as many teams as you're willing to grind waivers on. Because mm -hmm. I've had nights where you get no sleep on <laughs> Tuesday night, and then Wednesday I'm sitting in my car trying to do waivers as often as possible. And you take on too many teams, and that's really the 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 great equalizer. Chad Chad Schroeder is probably the best high stakes player in in the history of fantasy football. Guys won everything. He's won more mm -hmm. money than you can even imagine in fantasy, and he'll tell a horror story about how he would have won like an extra six figures if he simply would have set waivers for one team. He just ran out the clock because he had too many teams that year. 
Um, Billy Muzio has talked about his wa- waiver wire um, stuff on First Class Fantasy. Like Billy splits teams with Dave Hubbard a lot. I mean, Dave Hubbard is also a very, very well-known, extremely sharp player who's taken out a number of six-figure prizes. But it, it, the waivers are what what separates you know the high-stakes grinders from you know people who just want to do it. So mm-hmm. JD makes a great point. Only take on as much as you can handle money-wise, of course. But then take on as much time-wise. And you need to have right. a plan going into the season of when you're going to do your waivers. If you know Wednesday is a big work day for you during the mm-hmm. day, then Tuesday night's going to be a late night for you. Because mm-hmm. the waivers close at 10 o'clock at night on Wednesday night. You cannot do your Wednesday waivers. And if you're West Coast-based, you got to really adjust, Maddie. Because for sure. Yo, yeah. 7 p.m. So, like, for me, I start doing waivers on Sunday night when I'm watching Sunday night football. And at the same time, I write the waiver wire column for the player player profiler, mm-hmm. which is like a like a big time like a like an article that comes out, and I have a deadline. So I'm like Mr. Waivers. By the end of the season, like week 17, JD, when waivers close, I'm like Andy Dufresne in Shawshank Redemption in the rain. <laughs> well, I, I, I was I was gonna say like at the end of the day, as much as we play high stakes because we want to make money, we do this because it's fun, right? We rather yeah. do this than our job or whatever it is yeah. because it's fun. You get to a point. I've been there, man. I, I've really the last three years, I'd say I've really like uh, lowered the amount of leagues that I'm in in season. And it's changed. It's increased my my win rate big time. And yeah. it's just I'm not as stressed out. You get to a point where it's not even fun anymore because you're stressing out about getting through all your teams for the waivers. You know, you got trades that you're dealing with. It's, you got to be able mm-hmm. to manage the volume. So start slow and build up is, is probably the biggest, I think, message from this whole conversation. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you bring that up too, because as a guy, you know, in my dynasty leagues, that's kind of how uh, I've been doing it. Like uh, the amount of teams that I have has gone up because what, I, you know, I win a league, I win two leagues. Now I use that money instead of taking it out. I now filter and buy three, rolling. three more three leagues. Rolling. Uh, yeah. So that I like that this is an approach because this is something that I think I could do uh, with, a you know, as I step up in terms of high stakes is don't, like you said, don't bite off more than I could chew, but also use winnings to then get into bigger and better contests as opposed to just throwing all that money in and you lose and you're sourpuss and it sucks. Now, what I'm hearing from both you guys, and I want to ask you this, JD, is, is it smart to get into high stakes with a partner? Because like all these things can be managed better with a couple of co-managers. Is it better to have someone as a business partner? Let's call them. So th- there's a lot. There's a lot of ways to answer that. Like yeah, I think co-owning teams is definitely fun, especially when you have a crew. Like you know, we've got Theo, myself, Andrew, and and Dan. I mean, we're in DMs together. We've been kind of you know talking fantasy together, high stakes streets, FFPC for years now. Mm-hmm. So you, we we really trust each other. We we get a good feel for each other. Dan and I, like you'll see on the owner's lounge, I mean, we talk trades, we talk, we have similar ideas in the sense, but there might be a guy that I don't like that he likes or vice versa. It really opens the door for you. It, it, um, it, um, like takes some of the load off with regards to these waivers sure. that we're talking about. Like Dan's specialty, kind of like Theo, Dan's really good at waiver bids. So I let him deal with waivers and I'll try to attack more of the trading and deal more mm-hmm. with the dynasty teams during the season. Whereas he's doing like our fantasy or our fantasy pros entries, he'll be doing waivers. So we'll, we'll share duties. Um, And, and again, you're, so maybe the new player comes in and maybe he wants like one team for himself or a couple teams for himself. And maybe that third or fourth team, he's going to share with a guy that he trusts, or maybe someone who has more experience than you in the high stakes street. That's another great way to go, right? The whole mentor approach. If you find someone, I know Billy, you talked about Theo, him doing teams with Schroeder. I mean, he's teamed up with some really, really good players, and that's helped them elevate his game. So, so I'm going to use my platform to bully you guys into taking me under your wing. Matty, I'll, I'll drop the shirt, sure, man. I'll say, <laughs> yeah, anytime, I'll, dude. Say, I'll say this. I agree with JD. Having a partner opens you up to a number of things. It gives you a second perspective, especially in redraft, about a guy you might not be open to drafting. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's very important because – when you draft high volume and you've done a million underdog drafts and mm. all these, you know, getting ready, you get used to put, pushing the button on a particular player in a particular round and you might not mm. even notice it. You might say, hey, oh, you know, every, sure. 14th, yeah. every 14th round, I like taking Alec Pierce. I take Alec Pierce every 14th round, boom, 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 boom. And then you open yourself up to maybe JD says, you know, I, I was doing that for a while, but I ended up uh, pivoting to taking uh, Ty J Spears. And I, and I, now I like taking Ty J in that range and this is why. And you say, okay. And I'll say, if you're going to take on a partner, and this should be the sense in, in redraft too, like in home leagues, 
Mm-hmm. I don't want to partner up with anybody where I don't trust them to make it make a decision for the two of us if I'm not around. On their own. That's actually very important. Oh, if, I think okay. especially in Dynasty. In Dynasty, it's even more important than redraft because like JD and Dan split a lot of teams for Dynasty. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't split too many Dynasty teams, but I know that if JD received an offer that was really good, JD would press accept for it. Because the thing about these leagues like the FFPC is when I'm trying to get out from underneath the player. I'm sending offers to 10 managers. Yeah. And mm-hmm. sometimes you lose out on a team by not pressing. Ex- uh, not, nothing worse. Pressing nothing worse. Theo seeing the, the trade revoked and then seeing the trade that went through and the trade that you were offered. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I would have taken that. Yeah. I, I, just, that, I, yeah. I like, and the, the worst is it, by the time you ask a couple people, their opinion on it, somebody else is taking the trade. So yeah. I think yeah. if you have a manager, you have to be willing for them to make the decision for you. And I think that that's a hang up for a lot of people. I split teams with Nelson Sousa in NFFC who's one of the best players in the country. Mm-hmm. I've split teams with Billy. Um, not too often, but me and Billy usually have one team going. And then I have a couple teams I'll do with, with Dan and JD and mm-hmm. da- or Andrew Schellenberg. I have a couple other partners here and there. But at the end of the day, I, I for me, I like doing more solo um, be- just because of that. Like I, I, It's harder for me to kind of have full, full faith, especially in Dynasty with somebody else. Mm-hmm. But I think like, if you can manage it and you have somebody you equally respect, um, then I think having a partner is great because of the waiver aspect. If you have right. multiple teams, if two people are putting in the act, doing the actual grunt work for waivers, where maybe you just put in the players with a $1 bid and then you guys just have to conversate on how much the bid should be for, that does save you a lot of time. So be selective in your partners, even okay. in home leagues. I don't want to be part just because a guy's my boy. Doesn't mean that I want to be partners with him. Yep. Oh no way. Yeah, I don't. Well, I think partners even, are like a no-no in home leagues. Yeah. Usually, even yeah. even if you have different philosophies, Theo. Like if you have completely different philosophies on how to approach, let's say a startup draft in a dynasty, and one guy wants to collect first and rebuild for you know two three years from now, and the other guy's like, oh, I want to win my money back now. You're you're right there. You're going to be butting heads, and it's not going to be on a fun draft. Yeah. So yeah. you want to have, be on the same page. You want you don't want to be the same guy, like Theo said. You want guys to open your eyes to guys that maybe you were blind to, or maybe you weren't looking at, but you want guys with similar philosophies and approach so that you're at least on the same page when you're, when you're building trading or making those waiver bids. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Cause if you're just going to butt heads, you're just going to stay stagnant. You're not going to move forward at all. Exactly. Now, OG, we've talked about partnering up. We've talked about how strenuous the waiver period is. And we talked about a few different things. So are there any other keystone differences between high stakes and let's call them the home leagues? So someone that's new can kind of be prepared. I mean, I think we've covered a bunch of different bases already, but are there any other ones that you're, you know, the people who are making that high stakes jump need to know? Well, I think that when you get to the, the higher the level for better or for worse, ADP goes out the window. So for, for FFPC player profiler, um, if you subscribe player profiler, you can see the ADP for the FFPC. Mm-hmm. There's also a great website called fantasy Mojo where mm-hmm. you can get more deep into seeing boards and all sorts of things. But I will say like when you get to, especially the early periods of the summer, you might have a general idea of which players you're going to take in which range. A lot of times that goes out the window, those red hot players that, you know, you're going to be able to get in your Yahoo league with your buddies in like the eighth round. Someone's taking them in the sixth round in, in the main event. Okay. And you also have managers who will let guys fall like grenades. And just because a guy is falling and you know that he's an ADP value um, on paper, sometimes those fades are the guys you want to kind of also avoid. It's kind right. of like a sharp money thing, like with stocks. It, it's no difference. When these guys are the same people year in, year out are usually pretty good in the FFPC. If they're continually avoiding a guy, a lot of times um, you you want to you want to follow that lead, right? Um, so I'll say, and guys get steamed up, and for better or for worse, like when you get to especially one off type type uh, type uh, settings, like NFFC has a silver bullet, which is like you're only allowed one entry. So that's one I've done pretty well in. Like you see weird stuff happen in drafts, kind of unpredictable nature. You need to be able to roll with the punches. Certain mm-hmm. guys get steamed up. Certain guys get faded. Uh, I think that that happens more often in like a in like a high stakes format than it would in like particular home leagues. 
So, I mean, the, 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 the phrase get your guy season is usually thrown around as a negative connotation, but in high stakes, no, you, have saying, to. you, you have need to. to do that. And that, yeah. and it's not just, it's not just redraft with ADP. It's funny Theo, Cause I had two things written under this question. And one is be more aggressive in drafts to get your guys. And the other one is don't expect to win trades. If you're just looking to win trades, you're not going to do well in high stakes dynasty te- di- dynasty leagues. You want a guy, you're going to overpay for a guy. Usually you're trying to up, you upgrade when you're when you're selling. These are uh, shallower rosters, so you're usually you know taking two or three assets and trying to upgrade to a. That's that's ideally what you're trying to do, anyways. Um, so you want to be aggressive. You want to go for a guy. You're gonna have to overpay for a guy, especially if he's a significant piece. Uh, it's not you know it's not like a twenty dollar league where you're trying to match the calculator and make it even. Those are good starting points. Dan and I talk about that, and we use like the player profiler trade calculator to start right. putting proposals together just so that you're not completely off and you have a, a good starting point but if you start flexing your your pictures of your trade calculator trade to analyzer trade analyzer jd trade analyzer, analyzer. sorry, sorry you're not sorry, a calculator guys. i I'm, i don't have the company uh <laughs> jargon yet on, i'm still man. learning it but um yeah so you so th- th- those are probably you got to be really aggressive if you want guys you got to be active too don't just sit on your hands you're not you know again your your league mates are getting better while you're sitting on your hands and maddie that's a great point jd made because i think that that's one thing um, you'll see the most successful dynasty players, especially in the really high stakes, is you want to be actively involved in a lot of trades. Mm-hmm. You don't want a manager to not make you an offer because you're a pain in the ass to deal with. You of get course, sometimes right. you get these. It's just a general dynasty rule: is if you send out a very low ball offer to another manager, it's an insulting way to start start a business deal. If someone's right. trying to sell you a house for five hundred thousand dollars, you don't come and offer them three hundred thousand dollars. You, 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 you have to like, you know, play a game with people um, and making a trade that's an even trade in a dynasty league is somehow, I think, very good for business because it's a manager knows that you're a, a trader that will accept good offers mm-hmm. and they know that you'll that you understand value. So it's it, JD's spot on with that one. I think that if you're going to play in any dynasty format, you know, the whole low ball offer thing. You might get one moron to accept a, a trade, but it's going to it's going to turn people the wrong way um, and you're going to be unopened to making other offers throughout the year. So I think that that's a that's a great point, J.D. Man. And that, so that's actually something that you will hear if I mean, if we talk to a thousand fantasy managers in home leagues, I would bet nine hundred and ninety eight, if not all of them would say that they all have that guy in their league. <laughs> oh, you know, let's just call him Shane. You know, Shane's always going to throw the, the low ball offers. Don't, don't, oh, Shane's text me about a trade. I ain't even going to look at it. So you're saying don't be Shane. Yeah. And then one other small thing that JD and I, um, we go, we've gone really deep in the years in the Go District. And I think one thing that we've done better than pretty much any other podcast, any podcast out there, is we've talked to pretty much every high, highly successful uh, manager in high stakes has come on Go District at some point. And we've also had Fantasy Mojo on and a lot of like people that really understand ADP. One really, really good rule for anybody listening to this is never end a waiver wire bid in a nine. Yeah. That's the losing number, Matty Kiwum. Is and it really? Is, there's science behind this. It's your tip of the um, day. Fantasy really. Mojo tracks the okay. Fantasy Mojo track the the waiver wire numbers. A lot of times the nines lose. What was what was the most successful again, Theo? Was it lot, well so it was it was a one or a two. Okay. Those those usually do very well. That's why Dan does the waiver bids. The nines, the nine lose, the nine's a loser. Okay. If you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna bid something that's like 19, go through the, the round number and get right. to a one or a two. That seems see the nine seems so silly to me. The nine is the nine's a loser. And then the other loser is the the sometimes the, the fives and the zero. Right, the middle. Yeah. The middles, the middles are also yeah. losers, but Friends never let friends end a waiver wire bid in a nine. Yeah. Is, is like is like the rule for for your season. It's just every sucker time. City. That is, I mean, that's a good rule. I it wasn't even the show sheet. That's why you bring on no. experts because they're going to shed light on the tips that can truly help you. And this isn't that's not even a high stakes tip. That's a tip I think that's in any fab league. But but there was every Matt, time... there's like science behind that. He tracked yeah. all these waiver wire bids, thousands and thousands of bids. Yeah, and everybody kind of knew the nine was the loser, but it's actually it's correct. The nine is a loser. Um, so stop ending your waiver wire bids in a nine and go through the zero. That's just a, a, a rule of life. My pop, my most popular bids is ends in fours and sevens almost every time. Almost you're every sharp, time. You're sharp, Matty. You know, you already <laughs> because, knew it. 
You, yeah, you're saying to yourself because you also want to one up the one upper. So everyone who's sharp goes, it's, it's, it's the 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 perfect price is 15. I'm gonna go 16, so I'll go 17. The perfect yeah. price is 10, so I'm gonna go two. That's why I go four. So that's typically what I do. But that, I like that you brought that up because uh, you know the nine's my favorite number. But now I need a I need a don't do it. No nine, get away. No nine. nine. Yeah. J- JD, is there anything that you know newcomers should be cautious of? I know the the grind is kind of like this this through line narrative throughout this entire show is if you're going to do high stakes, get your ass ready to grind. But is there anything else that newbies should be cautious of when you know taking that jump? No, I mean I think we covered a lot of it. The, the one thing I did notice in the chat, Joanna was was mentioning how like if you play in multiple leagues, you get to learn your owner's tendencies, like the other players' tendencies. That's just just to finish off with coning a team. That's a really big part of being having a, uh, a coner is you might not know all the guys in your league or, you know, in the draft, but your coner might know some and then, you know, some. So I know with Dan and I, that becomes a big edge that we have just even with trade offers. You, you, ha- you understand tendencies from these guys. You know, obviously you do your research, you go on Twitter or whatever, you check what these guys are saying. But when you've played with these guys for years, you definitely know them at, at a at a you know, a deeper level. So coning uh, will definitely help you and have an edge there as well when you're drafting and when you're sending or trying to get trades done. Theo, same question. Anything else that, you know, newbies should be really cautious of? No, I think that the, like, again, in, in FFPC and NFFC, and there's usually a way to kind of denote the players who have won a significant amount of money. It's if for FFPC, if you go into your, your list of managers and you see me or you see JD, you'll see a little green star next to them. So if you the guys want to agree a little green, yeah, that's star, a good that's a good tip. that they 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 they've won a little something uh Maddie. Yeah. So it's uh Love you it. know if you just join a dynasty league in FFPC and you know somebody sends you something tricky and they got a little green star next to them, then you know be a little wary. And if somebody There's sends a you a prison. trade and if somebody sends you a trade that might set, might might be insulting um and they don't have one, then maybe they don't know the rules, they don't know the format, give them a little little uh, slack. But okay. you can send them a not so nice manager, uh, not, not so nice message if you get some some low ball offer from from a green star. You know, go ahead and go ahead okay. and let them have green it. stars. Um, and then yeah, I think I think that that's JD's absolutely right. Knowing your and Joanna's absolutely right. But I think that that's it's it's also like if you take on volume, you still need to 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 know that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, if you're if you're going to be successful. So that's part of it. Like, don't bite off more than you can chew. Yeah. is is absolutely the case because like Joanna's right if i'm going to win a really big high stakes thing i need to know how 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 much fab my my opponents have left especially right. when it gets like week 7 8 9 and if i'm in the top 3 and i'm competing for a big uh prize for that particular regular season then i really really want to know what teams 2 and 3 need as well i want to be able to block people on waivers when when, they, when we're getting down to the nitty gritty time, I don't want to mm-hmm. let somebody, even if I don't need that position, yeah. it might be more worthwhile for me to use Fab on blocking my opponent than improving my team. It's a fine right. fine it's a fine edge to to kind of kind of uh, play here. But Joanna's right; you need to know your opponents too, and I think that's a good thing for home leagues too. You really need to sure. know who you're going against, not just who you're playing this week, but you need to think about the big picture of the money big picture of the playoffs you need to be able to use fab as kind of a weapon and i think one thing i would want to echo as a newbie is there's uh there's probably people out there that have this thought that high stakes is a bunch of rich people that just casually throw their money away and what i'm hearing from you guys is high stakes leagues is like the major leagues of 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 grinders fantasy where (laughs) you know like when you are the best pitcher in your local high school you go to college and maybe the the pond gets a little bit bigger and you realize that you are now in a bigger pond with bigger fish and then you get to the pros and you go oh my god everyone's best player is on my regular team that's high stakes is you are going to be surrounded by every home league's best player it's funny because you find more dead money rich well you know whatever you want to qualify people but people with more expendable income that just want to have a little, you know, fun, you mm-hmm. actually find those people in like the $5,000 entries, the $10,000 entries. I've played in some high stakes ones with a partner, like real high stakes, and mm-hmm. you actually see people making mistakes 
that's not like saying, hey, go join one of these leagues because you're still going to have five or six guys. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's, still usually someone, home, right. that's usually so someone playing within their means, Theo. That's usually yeah. like someone who has yes. money. And for them, yeah. they're like a 350 buy-ins like yeah. nothing. So they want to – Exactly. Money. And they're right, not right. – sometimes you'll get some of those people, J.D., who don't really want to do the the prime times or the main events like the 1,600 to 2,000. So those guys will just do – you know, some really, really high stakes ones. And, and that's, that's their summer. Good, you know, good for them. Maybe they win it. Maybe they don't. It doesn't really, it's like a blip on the radar for them. But I'll say that Maddie, I think it's a little bit of a misnomer. It's kind of like there is a, a certain aggressive uh, gambling type attitude you'll find from certain people. They're here to make money. They're here to put for the sure. time in and the work in. And I don't, I think it's a, it's a misnomer. I think a lot of times there is a, it's somewhat offensive to, to other fantasy managers to say, that you know ADP might be established in some of these high stakes leagues, but it kind of is. And I think a lot of the a lot of the be. like really good um, fantasy minds that you respect in the industry, they're also playing in FFPC. Right. Matt Kelly plays FFPC. Billy Muzio plays FFPC. If you go over to other dynasty managers like Curtis Patrick at Rotoviz, he's a great dynasty mind. He plays FFPC. Dwayne McFarlane made his bones mm-hmm. in the FFPC. So like. And then there's also equally like guys who play NFFC, like Jeff Ratcliffe and Dalton Del Don, and all these guys will go play Nelson Sousa. And these guys are have big voices now, um, also in in you know content, but they're still playing in these high stakes leagues. So I think that there's very sharp people that don't play high stakes, but certainly looking at what the sharp money is doing in high stakes is is important for everybody. And like when we do this hard way draft that that dropped and like Dwayne's in it, like people look at the ADP. Because the ADP matters for that draft, and and yeah. um, you know when sharp people get together and draft, the ADP absolutely matters. And I'll say, like even for me, well, I like I feel very steadfast in my takes and steadfast in my ranks. If I'm in a draft with like eight other really really sharp people, and I see somebody push a guy up, I'm going to go back to the drawing board and say, why did wow. why did like Dan Williamson take that guy in the seventh round when I haven't seen him go higher than the tenth? Because mm-hmm. I want to see what these people's thought processes are. And I think that's just a great way of doing it. Which goes back to not handling too much volume because you can't do any of this strategy stuff that we're talking about in the last five minutes if you've got too many teams and you're not able to notice what the other owners in your team are doing or what the other guys in the draft room are doing, right? Because when you got 20 drafts going and you got your work and your kid, like I was saying earlier, that's different than the guy who's doing this full time and he's lasered in on the 10 or 15 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you don't have the time or the, just go into one big buy-in, you know, go into a couple so that you can do all these things that'll give you an edge when you're playing against these guys. And I also think that when you get to, especially if you're a person that, that doesn't start drafting, like I'm drafting all, all, all summer. Like I'm drafting now. I'm in a bunch of FFPCs. We were drafting in January. End of January, we started drafting. It's a life. It's a lifestyle, JD. It's a lifestyle. This is my lifestyle. This this is the way I'm choosing. You know, to live live my life. But I'll say, (laughs) if you are somebody who doesn't start drafting until August, then what you should do is you should put like a couple hundred bucks into Underdog, and you should you should mass and mass enter. The five dollar tournament, or or and do five dollars on the FFPC even the like five dollar smaller buy-ins with big volume, so you can follow the ADP of those best balls. He's right. Yes, and yeah, also practice you, reps. You get yeah, better. Yeah. This is one thing that I think homely homely players like. I remember when I first started out, I would go on and do a million Yahoo mock drafts, and you jump mm-hmm. in and do these mock drafts on Yahoo or ESPN because you were drafting on Yahoo and ESPN. Then when you get down to the nitty gritty, it's nothing like the mock drafts yeah. you've been in. But if you go into a $5 underdog draft, you're still like, or a $25 underdog draft or a $25 FFPC uh, entry, $35, people are still drafting like they want to win these, these major prizes. There's still sharp, sharp money there. Mm -hmm. You, you like anything in life, you get better doing it. So like, if you want to become a better public speaker, Get up and practice public. 10,000 hours, man. Put the 10,000 hours into anything and you'll be awesome at it. And if you want to be a better drafter. You have to draft. Mm-hmm. So, like for me, I, I do underdog all summer, and I want to be in. His, I want to be hardened. And when I sit down at the table with in live drafts in New York City, and I sit down in live drafts in in, in Vegas, I don't want anything to be a surprise to me. And I want to be able to roll with the punches and not be like dogmatic in everything I'm doing. I want to be able to extract value, and I want to be able to react to other people and what they do. So, no better way to do that than drafting. 
Best, best ball mm-hmm. is practice. It's literally yeah. the equivalent of practice in fantasy football. Right. If you're not doing best ball, you're at a disadvantage right off the bat. doesn't matter what format mm-hmm. you're playing in. We talk about the crossover between dynasty and best ball often on the GOAT district. It's, it's practicing. That's how you practice yeah. fantasy football because it keeps you on top of ADP. It helps you with your roster build strategies, and it keeps you up to date on what's going on, who's taking who where, you know, all that kind of stuff. It, it keeps your ear to the ground, you know, throughout the, the offseason so that when you get to August and, and those big drafts, you could do with your eyes closed. You know what I mean? My, my biggest wins are drafts that I draft closer to the season because I trained all offseason, you know, in the summer. And yeah, make you got, one, you got one all more, ready to go. One more point. Um, we've talked about ADP and being able to grab your guy. You also don't want to be a hero. Like the first round is not the time to be like, oh, look what JD did in the first round. Don't be the Scott Scott yeah. Fishbowl guy. Yeah. That, don't you don't, do that. You're you, don't need to, you don't need to like, you don't need to like uh, cause people to be shocked. <laughs> Matt is laughing because he round. wants to do it. He wants to no, play. I do that. I, every, I've only done one Scott Fishbowl, right. but I like to do a thread of my picks because I like to let, you know, yeah. whoever's tuning in my thought process because i like to get it out but i am also not the one victory lapping on one pick yeah but it's <laughs> that it, is you, hilarious you can, be, you can be and you can be Jefferson. creative be, be creative <laughs> down the line in the first round there's a reason guy like fantasy analysts screw things up every single year but if you go back and look at the first round there's usually more people that hit in the first round than don't hit in the first round yeah usually when guys fail in the first round it's because they got injured it's not because the wheels fell out from under them. There might be a few guys like that every year, but I don't want to reach um, to be to reach. I want to reach when we get to there's there's an idea that drafters have that like a like a sixth round pick is much more valuable than an eighth round pick. If you go back, Maddie and, and me you and JD looked at the sixth round through the ninth round from last year, what? and we re ranked it. It's a lot flatter than people think. You want to make the time that you reach a little bit later on. So I don't. I want to have ADP. Um, I want to know ADP, but I don't want to be a slave to ADP. But I also right. want to know that the first round is not the time to get super cute. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That that makes a whole lot of sense. And I have one last question for you guys. Uh, we are not going to really talk about buying and selling Dino teams. We're going to save that for another show because that could be a two-hour conversation of itself. Because I'm going. <laughs> I'm fascinated by that concept. And I'll I get, you, I'll get your DMs, Maddie. We'll, we'll go. We'll, <laughs> we'll, go we'll talk about yeah. it. And maybe I'll just use that as a way to ploy you guys to come back and chat with me. Anytime. On a future man. Saturday Anytime. show about yeah, that. Anytime. But but my last question for you guys. We've been talking about FFPC. People who are new to the high stakes maybe don't know what that is, but they've heard it now throughout this entire show. FFPC, FFPC. JD, what is FFPC, and are there standard like league settings and formats on that website? Yeah, the, it's the Fantasy Football Players Championship. That's that's my favorite platform to play. There are others out there that are great as well. They, they've been – they're the reason that the GOAT District is where it is. They've supported us. We support them. We love the – not only the options they give you with all of the formats they have from best ball to redraft to dynasty from $5 all the way to like $10,000, but the customer service they have for me is above anything else on the planet. And when you're spending this kind of money in a draft and something goes wrong in the draft, or there's some weird trades going on, the speed of service that you get an answer back from Chris at FFPC, or you can reach out to any of the, the top guys there. The, the service is amazing there. For me, it's the competitive level, the competition level. That, that is what I love in the FFPC, the different formats, the variety. But we talked about this this whole time, the community. Like Dan and Theo are probably two of my best friends now. And I've, I've, I've met Dan once in Portugal for like a dinner. And I've in never Portugal? actually met Theo in person. So, you know, like that's what fantasy football brings. That's what a community like the FFPC does. Like-minded people who are super into this, grinders, DGENs, whatever you want to call us. Yeah, and we, you know, we we end up here on a show together talking about things that we love to do. So the community, to me, is is a big part of it, and you know, the competition level, like I said, and just the variety that they offer. JD, yeah, you go to Portugal often. The, the most unique thing, like back in August, wise, though, is it's PPR, but there's a tight end premium. Maddie, it's one point five points for tight yes. ends. Okay, yes, and then that's, that's I wanted to bring that up. PPR tight end premiums. You have a, that's you have a point, double OG. flex, a double flex. Some of these high stakes formats are three wide receivers starting. FFPC is two wide receivers starting, a tight end premium, and then you have two flexes. So you have a lot of more unique type builds. Unless, unless it's super flex, you only have one flex. Yeah, that's right. That's okay. right. Um, you have one flex and then a super and flex. the quarterback. Yes. 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 Um, but generally, like the the 
the Players Championship, which is the 350, and then the main events is four-point passing touchdown, one-point PPR, 1.5 points uh, per reception for a tight end, two flexes, and it's a 20-man roster with, uh, you know, obviously kicker and defense starting. So it's 20-man. That's kind of the, the the magic number for most FFPC formats. But there's, um, like but there's, said, it's, it's but there's cut downs. There's cut downs. Yeah. Like, these are really shallow leagues. That's why I was saying earlier, one of my biggest tip is always trade up, man. Always upgrade mm-hmm. when you're oh, – for dynasty. For dynasty. For dynasty, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in the FFPC, a lot of tight end premium. So if you are playing FFPC, you're definitely going to want to tune into the newest episode of The Dominator that comes out on Sunday – Andrew Cooper, who is a tight end master, will be the guest on that show. So if you're looking to get into FFPC, looking to get into them high stakes, you got to know your tight end stuff. You got to know the ins and out of the TEP. So tune into the Dominator on Sunday with Andrew Cooper. Boys, it's been a great show. Uh, any any last bit of advice, your golden rule, each of you, we'll start with OG, your golden rule for newcomers going to high stakes leagues. Well, I will say that you're already subscribing to Player Profiler but you need to also subscribe to Goat District, the podcast, because J.D. and Dan do a, especially if you enjoyed the Dynasty talk on the Today Show, mm-hmm. J.D. and Dan are putting out a weekly podcast that's not available on, on, on Player Profile or YouTube. Um, so you want to subscribe to that on Spotify, Apple, wherever you uh, get your podcasts. Um, whoops, I'm, this hotel lamp, guys. It's, 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 uh, <laughs> no bougie. Um, so, and then I'll say, you know, golden rule is, Stick with us at Player Profiler. You know, it sounds cheesy, but I'll have the company line. I'm coming out with an FFPC article this week on ADP risers and fallers. So if you're curious which guys are rising and falling, you know, stick with us all summer. We're going to have FFPC content um, all summer that can help you out. We have the FFPC rankings on our site. Uh, that's yep. ranking specific to the FFPC. Um, you know, we and then on our on our podcast, we're having a lot of the same people on. Um, and I will say, like, if you want to see really sharp, highly successful FFPC managers. There is no other uh, fantasy football uh, company putting out more. JD and Dan on the GOAT District, you can tune in and see those guys every week. You can see uh, Abib Agbatoba on first and 15, who has won the Players' Championship twice. He is on the deep end with Mike Shope and Adam Krautwurst, uh, Mm -hmm. which is on Tuesday evenings. Those two guys are incredible FFPC players. Adam Krautwurst has made so much money, and Mike Shope is uh, one of the best bare knuckles drafters in the FFPC. Bare knuckles means no sheet. You go in after the Thursday night game, and you sit down with just yourself, and you have to yell out a bunch of names. No computer, no sheet, no phone. Sicko, <laughs> sicko stuff. So I'll say stuff. player profiler has you covered. And Billy Muzio and I will mm-hmm. be competing in a ton of these high-stakes FFPC drafts, and we'll do well in them. So stick with Goat District, stick with all of our programming partners, stick with with Player Profiler. We'll get you ready for any of your high stakes. No one's bringing you more high stakes content right now, I think, than Player Profiler. No, it's not. It's not even close. So absolutely do that. And, and when you tune into the game plan, I get to weasel my way into the minds of folks like you guys. So maybe one day I could be regarding that. But JD, floor is yours. Let everyone know your golden rule if they're looking to jump into high stakes. Yeah, my my number one rule, especially for those getting into Dynasty, is play to win now. Like, especially when you're starting your bankroll, don't, don't do these rebuilds and, and, you know, building into next year, do that. Once you've built a bankroll, once you have multiple teams with your first team, especially your first couple teams going to win now, you know, win, give yourself a cushion. So then you can, then you can play around do whatever you want. I, I'm big on winning now. I know in the goat district, that's how we do it. And I see Theo's, Theo's got trying to hold him. I got my man Cody in the chat. I got <laughs> to Christian yeah. Watson. Yeah, with yeah. Christian Watson. Go draft Christian Watson. And then my other tip for, for all the other guys that want to get into bigger volume is just don't just play MTTs and BTTs. Play those cash games. Play those 12-man leagues. Even if they're double-ups, whatever it is, have a nice balance so that you can properly build your bankroll and you know keep elevating up in the FFPC or whatever high-stakes platform that you end up playing on. This has been a blast. Uh, Maddie. always fun jumping on my boy Theo. Check us out every Wednesday night right here on the Player Profiler Network, 9 p.m. Eastern, the GOAT District. We bring on the biggest guests. we got Billy coming on. We've got Matt coming on, Matt Kelly. We've got Jordan McNamara coming on in the next few weeks. And then on the GOAT District YouTube channel, go subscribe over there. We just dropped an owner's lounge, and we also dropped a ball-in live, which is when we do live best ball drafts. Those are exclusive to the channel. And we're also going to be coming out with our Millie Billies where we draft some high stakes 
redrafts and dinos and across the board best balls as well. So tune in for all of that, guys. And thanks for your time. We appreciate it. This was this was a ton of fun. Also, make sure you follow JD on Twitter at JD Goat District. Theo, the floor is yours. Anything you want to plug before we get on out of here? No, you know, you can find me um, on press coverage and Sonic Truth um, on Player Profiler, but I also have my solo pod starting this week. Uh, press coverage. I have Adam Levitan. I have Sigmund Bloom. I'm lining up some really, really fun guests. Uh, it's going to be a really nice addition, I think, and I hope for our for our podcasting's uh, set of shows. And uh, I'm stoked to get it started, Matty. Uh, I can't wait to hear the press coverage. I'm very, very excited for that. You guys, I mean, the guests on Player Profiler is none other. And, and this all started with Matt Kelly even years ago. I, I gravitated to Mind Mansion before it was even named the Mind Mansion. It was the Underworld podcast because he had guests on. And I think that's what makes us so strong as a platform is the community that we've created and the guests that we have on. Because then you get to pick the brains of the best in the industry. And that's seriously just invaluable when it comes to fantasy football and that is also a wrap on this episode of the game plan make sure that you like this video and subscribe to the player profiler youtube channel leave a comment to boost this yt algo and get this thing going crazy you can follow me on twitter i'm at maddie kewum all of my content is coming out on playerprofiler.com check out the world famous draft kit that is now live and also if you want to get some more of my stuff check out my patreon www.patreon.com slash the executives with me and Cody Carpentier. I'm Matty Kiwum. Keep game planning, my friends, and I'll see you next week. Peace.